the Bill Michaels Show. I'm Ben Kenny in for Bill today. He is Grant Bills. Bucks pick up a big win last night down 15 with six minutes left. They come back. Drew Holiday hits a layup. 120 to 119 is your final. It was only the third time, I think, in around 500 tries that a team has come back from 15 points with six minutes remaining. Wisconsin, obviously the massive win on Tuesday. Big Ten regular season champions. A win on Sunday against lowly Nebraska. We'll get it to them outright. Grant, part of me is a little bit concerned about this game. I'm not going to lie. I've learned as a mm-hmm. Wisconsin fan that whenever you think everything's going right, whenever it all sets up for you to win, that is exactly when you lose. And for that reason, I am scared. Ben Kenny, Ben, 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 Ben. I'm so glad you brought this up because one of my favorite things that I brought up on my show yesterday, if you look through the Badgers season up until this point, they have a couple of really good wins right at Purdue at Michigan state. They have some great home wins too. that really nice win against Ohio state. You know, what separates Wisconsin from Purdue, Illinois, Ohio state. They all have good wins, but Wisconsin doesn't have the bad loss. Like they didn't trip up against Northwestern. They didn't trip up against uh, Nebraska, at least not yet. Knock on wood, like Ohio state did last week. I think that's this team's best trait is they'll get great wins, but even on their worst night, they can squeak out a game that maybe, a lesser team would trip up in, right? Like uh, that Northwestern, the Penn State game. And that's why I don't feel bad. Now they could lose on Saturday, but I'm not I'm not freaking out about it. I'm not worried like you are. Yeah, and well, they've the difference is they've beaten Maryland, which is the crazy part. Listen to this. I mm-hmm. saw this tweet earlier today. If Illinois and Wisconsin win out this week, Wisconsin obviously having beaten Purdue, um, Illinois will be 44-16 and 16 in the Big Ten in the last three seasons. Wisconsin will be 39-21. and 21. Illinois will be 4-0 and against Wisconsin in those three years. Two of them at the Kohl Center, two of them at Illinois. Yet, Wisconsin will have two conference titles, and Illinois will have zero. Do you want to know why, Grant? Why is that? Because Illinois cannot beat Maryland. Isn't it's crazy. Funny? I also That's think like, that after game, years and years and years of horrible luck, For Wisconsin basketball, you have Coach K cheating in the second half and the refs completely blowing the game. You have Chris Chioza hitting a three that he will never hit if he tries it again. For all that terrible luck, it has all swung in the opposite direction where every bounce goes the Badgers' way. They're hitting bank threes to win basketball games. They are playing teams where, I mean, Purdue had the ball down two points or maybe down three with 25 seconds left, and Zach Eady misses from two feet. Like, that never happens. It was so satisfying watching him brick a brick a bunny. Well, Ben, I don't know if you've ever heard this expression before, so let me be the first one to impart this wisdom on you. Uh, this is a saying I came up with, actually. Luck is where prep... Hold on. <laughs> Luck is where preparation meets opportunity. That's it, right? And, like, I would feel like the Badgers were getting away with something with all of these close wins, but the other night against Purdue... Wisconsin hit 11 of their 12 free throws. And the one they missed was the Brad Davison one that was like halfway down and it rolled out. The Badgers take care of these little things. So if they were flying by the seat of their pants and barely winning games where they had all of these bad traits, sure. But they're buttoned up. Like they make their free throws. They don't turn the ball over. They can break a press without crumbling. And then if you can do all those things, you're probably going to get a little bit luckier because you're, again, what is the saying? I'm going to try again. Luck is where preparation and opportunity meet. 
Sure. Or is that six, whatever. Yeah, Where preparation know. meets opportunity, I believe That's it is. It. Yes. So this brings up a bigger conversation because analytic websites hate this Wisconsin team because they win a lot of games close. They beat Nickel State by like three. They beat Illinois State. They, it was a close game. Every one of their big wins. I mean, they're 15 and one in games decided by one to six points, which is something that you would think cannot be sustained over the long run. But I also think yeah. once you reach a point, like they won all the games. So you can't just hold it against them that they are winning by a little bit. There is something to be said about poise as a team and about how every single time you get into a situation where it's a make or break shot, it's a make or break stop, and you make that play and you make your free throws, then you're going to win those games. Indiana has lost a ridiculous amount of games that they should have won. And I can play, I saw something crazy that ESPN had their, their highest win percentage in like the, the last couple minutes. Here it is. Peak win probabilities. And this is a little into the weeds, but it brings up a bigger it. point. Peak win probabilities in Indiana's 11 losses per ESPN GameCast. They have the little graph. Syracuse, 73%. They lost. Wisconsin, at Wisconsin. I was at that game. 97%. They lost. Penn State, 75. Iowa, 76. Michigan, 75. Illinois, 73%. It goes all the way down. Uh, Northwestern was 76. Wisconsin again, 85. Then Ohio State, 82. And Rutgers, 91. Like, they literally are finding every way possible to lose games. Kind of like Nebraska football. Don't get me started on that beautiful football team. I was going to bring that up because you were all over that last season. It's exactly like Nebraska football. They... And some of it is bad coaching. Some of it is their offense is extremely one-dimensional through Chase Jackson Davis. You look across the court to or the field or the state or the country, whatever, to Wisconsin, Johnny Davis has hit big shots. Tyler Wall against Maryland. He had that 6-0 run to beat them at Maryland. Brad Davison has hit big shots. And then we have obviously seen Chucky Hepburn do it as well. So I do think we have now officially reached the point, and maybe we did a couple weeks ago, but after what we saw against Purdue, and I, at Rutgers, I mean, this is a team that just wins games. Like, they, it sounds simple, but they win. This is more of an NBA perspective, but I think it translates to college, too. If you listen to people who follow the NBA really closely, like nerdy people, they love the last two minutes of a playoff game. Because in that moment and in the, those crunch moments, you can pop open the hood of a team and really look underneath and see. It's like, okay, what do you really have? Right? What are you really made of? Because any little weakness, any little uh, deficiency is going to get exposed in those final two minutes. And with the Badgers, look at the final two minutes of games. There's not really anything to expose. They have a couple players that you trust 100%, get to the free throw line, knock them down, whether it's Hepburn or Davison or Davis. All of those guys can get shots, Tyler Wall too. Like There's not a weakness of this Badgers team that gets exposed in crunch time. Maybe for... The what what 20 minute halves, so 40 minute games or the 18 minute halves. I'm sorry for not knowing. 20. 20 minute halves. So for the first 38 minutes of a game, the Badgers are basically as good as a lot of other teams. I don't think they're anything amazing, but in those final two minutes, all of these weaknesses that other teams have get exposed, and the Badgers don't. They just keep maintaining and doing their thing for the final two minutes, and that's why they keep winning these games. Yeah, and a great media guy out. He covers USC Athletics. I used to work with him covering Wisconsin. Matt Zemek has a podcast called the Free Throw Awareness Podcast. This is Free Throw Awareness <laughs> Month. It's crazy. 
if you make them, you win these games because, and this is what I love about college basketball. It's why I like it more than the NBA. It's because the level of play is not so high that everybody does everything well, where every team has deficiencies and every player does too. Even the great players that we've seen, a lot of them aren't great free throw shooters. So if they get on the line late in games, or maybe they have teammates that are bad free throw shooters in the NBA. I mean, take away the ones like Ben Simmons that are really awful. Everybody can make 70-ish percent of their free throws. Everybody can shoot a three overall. There are guys that don't attempt them, but I saw a video recently of Willie Cauley-Stein. It was like two career three-point attempts hitting like eight straight in practice, right? They're all so good that those things don't show up at the end of games. In college, especially in March, they all do. Yeah, and I think free throws don't lose you games. But making free throws really helps you win games. Does that make sense? Like, you can overcome missing free throws. The Bucks won games in the playoffs last year, despite Giannis being a little shaky. But in college basketball in the tournament, there's all these outside factors, right? You got to consider the reps. You got to consider the bounce of the ball, the replay, the matchup. There, there's so, It's March Madness, right? There's all these factors. And when you make your free throws, it just gives you extra breathing room to insulate you from all of those other things. You can win without making free throws, but... So much easier on yourself when you make your free throws and the Badgers again I'll bring it up they hit 11 of 12 the other night they would have been perfect if Brad Davison just hits the front end of that one and one and Purdue went 11 to 20 Purdue could have won regardless they certainly would have won had they made their free throws do you get what I'm saying yeah and it's crazy because Brad Davison is one of the best free throw shooters on the Wisconsin team yeah well I think Chucky Hepburn had a night where he missed four or five free throws I think against Minnesota yep. last weekend last week and then Brad Davison missed a big one the other night, so hopefully it's out of their system now. And we get into March, and we'll be dialed. Yeah, but I think there's also something to be said about being in close games almost every single time you play, right? If you're a team that yeah. blows out all the bad teams, maybe you lose a couple close ones, you win a couple close ones, then you get to March. We've seen some of the great teams in college basketball history get in a battle with some random mid-major and lose yeah. because they're like, oh, we're supposed to have beaten this team already. What's going on? If you're a Wisconsin team that's been doubted since the beginning, that literally grits their way to victory against all the best teams in the country, you look up and down, that St. Mary's team they beat just beat Gonzaga. The Houston team was really good. There were a couple injuries. The Providence team they lost to without Johnny Davis just won the Uh Big East, and they also have one of the highest luck ratings, but that's neither here nor there. (laughs) When you're in all these games, it does prepare you very well. Well, that's why... we keep kind of combining the Bucks and Badgers into one conversation. That's why I'm not freaking out that the Bucks are struggling and having to fix issues because look at every champ. Look at the NFL, right? The Rams lost a couple of games in the regular season. We almost forgot about them, and that prepares you, right? The Buccaneers lost to the Bears two years ago, and that prepares you for the playoffs. I think the Badgers being in all these really tough games just makes them comfortable in tough spots, and that really, really helps in March in the playoffs. Oh, and the Rams lost in Green Bay. There were some, mainly me, that called them L.A. soft. Well, they are. Well, uh, Stafford's still not that good. I know he just won a Super Bowl, but <laughs> that's another conversation, another time. Yeah, I'm with you. But the the luck rating thing is funny because on KenPalm.com, uh, which is, you know, your home for college basketball mm-hmm. analytics, Wisconsin is listed as the fifth luckiest team in the country. While Providence is listed as today or did they go up? Oh, no, 24, all the way up to 24, which is crazy because I can make the argument that they should be a one seed. Do you think they should be a one seed? I don't think they will. I think they should. Really? Because the voting process is so dumb because they take into account these stupid analytics, which 
it's funny because net ratings and Ken Palm, they hate Wisconsin basketball because all throughout football season, SP plus had the Badgers in the top four. And I talked about that all the time because it was kind of true. You know, these ratings are useful for seeing how good a team is, but I think they're useful as the season is progressing and reaching its height. Once you get to the end of the conference season and the conference tournament and a team is in first place, then there's a reason they're in first place. They're just good. Yeah, I think winning a Big Ten regular season title, I just it's not that I don't care about analytics. I, I really enjoy trying to learn about different stats and trying to understand because it, it just helps paint a more complete picture of teams and sports. And I think it makes us better sports fans. But you could say the Badgers were lucky. You can keep them low on the Ken Palm rating. And I check that all the time because I'm curious. That's kind of my measuring stick for where other models and algorithms might have them. They just won a Big Ten regular season title. I, I, you just can't convince me that a team can fully luck their way to that. Yeah. Maybe it's a small factor, but you want a conference title. I don't care. I don't care about the luck then. I have to it's get fair. you into SP plus during college football season because it's electric. It's like the what Ken Palm SP of plus. It's the Ken Palm of college football. There's an offensive rating. There's a defensive rating. And the Badgers last year, because of their number two ranked defense in the country in this metric behind Georgia, obviously, um, they literally, until the loss to Minnesota, they were the fourth best team in the metric in the country every week. So then I would tweet it out every Monday. Oh, Wisconsin in line to join the SP plus college football playoff. And yeah, we know how that ended. Well, another team that's fitting this profile right now is um, the Celtics. The, the advanced metrics love the Celtics chances at a title. The huh. computer odds love Boston because of the defense. The defense has been great. So sometimes the numbers can get a little screwy. Like Boston certainly looks a lot better, but they're not the title favorite that a lot of computer models want to make them. I haven't watched enough of them to have the most educated opinion, but maybe these, maybe these analytics things are just because defense has gone away in so many sports, like Alabama used to play national titles and it was nine to three. And now it's 45 to 42 college basketball in the country. Yeah. 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 Maybe because defense has gone away defensive coordinators and defensive minds got in the pockets of you know the nerds and the analytics which i wanted to be going into college and i realized that i was an idiot and wasn't that good at math maybe they got into the pockets of all these people and said you know what pump it up make defense matter again because in a lot of sports like look at the nba right because and i don't even think it's because of a lack of effort i just think everyone's so damn good now that it's impossible to stop teams like because of the rules like if you put Two guys in a pick. If you put Giannis and Drew in a pick and roll at the top of the key, they're going to score eighty percent of the time. Yeah, well, it's the same with Embiid and Harden. It's just you, you can't defend that. By the way, and I agree with you on defense. The Celtics' defense has been great. Five thirty-eight has them at a league-leading seventeen percent chance to win the title. Which I Boston. Which I, I this could be another niche joke, but if you want any site to you know give a team a chance to win and not want them to win, I guess it should be five thirty-eight. <laughs> See, I got that. Ah, well done. Ah, ah, don't we all? All right. We're going to step away, take a quick break. Grant, I did get tweeted at me uh, from Brantley Bone, said the the best duo comes from a galaxy far, far away. Han Solo and Chewbacca. That's pretty good. That's a great one. Do you have any that have come across? I have a list of a few, and I'm kind of adding to it as I go. A yeah. lot of mine are music-related. Well, I like I that. Hall and Oates. Hall and Oates is a good one. Okay. I also wrote down Rum and Coke. That's that's a great one. That's out of the box. I love it. I know. 
I'll try to think of more. I want to keep working on this list as the show goes along. Yeah, I love it. So Stephen A, and if you're wondering, Stephen A and Chris Russo are together on first take. And while what they say is stupid, it is the best television I've ever seen. I am tuning in because it is so wildly entertaining because they they yell and they yell and they yell. And they finally found someone that can step up to the plate with Stephen A and not get absolutely destroyed. So I'll play (laughs) another clip from them coming up next. Let's do that and then get back into the conversation. Uh, More of the Bill Michaels Show. Ben Kenny, Grant Bills, in for Bill, coming up next. Ready? This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. all right welcome back in bill michaels show obviously college basketball going crazy but it's march and you want to know why i know that grant bills why is that then kenny because it's the nfl combine and you know what comes with that we see the size of every single prospect's hand most of the time for absolutely no reason at all before we do that we're going to go to the phones 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Line one, you're on the Bill Michaels Show. What's going on? Hello. Hello. Line one. Yeah, that's a good point. I agree. I uh, I think that's an excellent point about hand size. Yeah, we might have just gotten butt dialed, but that's okay. It's a good call. Sounds good like call. he was typing. Yeah, I, I don't... You know, I got I picked up the phone yesterday during my show, and it was a call insurance scam call. Or a car <laughs> I just let it go. You have to I just sit there and hold the L. <laughs> I'm just like fine, I'll let it go. It's the second time it's happened in the last like month or two. So I get those calls a lot on the board here, but that's when Bill is on, right? So I'm screening the calls. Obviously, I don't put them through. Well, see, I I produce my own show. Yeah, so yeah. What I, I have like a huge Google document that's four pages long of all the numbers. And anytime I get a new call, I'll write the name down so I can check it. But every once in a while, I get a new one, right? And I'm like, oh, this is the the Green Bay area code. And I was like, we're getting a call from Green Bay. How cool is this? We're expanding our listenership. And it was a, a car insurance scam call. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't even have numbers show up. I just see dots that oh, okay. that blink. The dot shows up. Okay. It blinks. I click on it. So it, it could be anybody. It could be what anybody. Is, what is your line when you pick up the phone? Bill Michael's show. Say? Oh, that's it. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I I know at some stations there's like a instruction list where it's like, hey, you know, once you get on the air, don't ask how the host is. Like that's the right when the caller comes on. Hey, how are you? Huh? Good. I'm hosting a radio show. Like <laughs> when everyone asks that, I run out of things to say. But when people ask me on my show, I've how never... are you? I try to have an answer. It's not always a good one, but I try to have an answer. I have never heard that. I've called into a lot of radio in my time, and no one's ever told that to me. But I guess really? I've never done it. So growing up in Philly, did you call Philly Sports Radio a lot? All the time. Really? All okay. the time. All the time. Especially, I called recently when there was, a, there, were, there was a lot of disparaging remarks towards Justin Fields coming out of Ohio State, and I had to set the record straight. Like, he is, he is a player. Will will he succeed in Chicago? I don't think so because the systems around him are terrible. But I I loved him as a as a player coming out of college. So it's hand size day, Grant. It is quarterbacks, wide receivers, and running backs day at the combine. I believe now 
most of the combine i think is really really dumb some of the drills Great. you can maybe see it but we're even seeing teams now it was reported that robert sala and sean mcveigh two head coaches in the nfl are not attending the combine themselves which i don't really love i like when you i think they should be there but they send a scouting team because you learn more watching college tape you learn more watching him actually play in games against great competition than seeing how fast he runs in underwear, right? You go to all the fastest 40 times in NFL history. Most of those players didn't pan out. Yeah, there's what? Chris Johnson is probably the one that did. I know John Ross had a really good 40 time. I also have an unpopular combine opinion, and Zach Heilprin, the man of the hour, uh, yelled at me for it last year and said I was dumb, although most of my takes, he that's his response. I think they should run track events <laughs> have a little mini track meet run a 400 or an 800 like you get to pick why because it'd be awesome i, I guess because well, really you would like it reason. yeah i have I, with 40 times i don't like it because i don't know how to decipher them Ooh, a 4-4 versus a 4-6 or a 5-1 or what? whatever I, I don't know i just that means nothing to me now if you run a 59 second 400 versus a 54 second 400 that's all right. That's, there's some meat on that bone. I can decipher that. Or an 800. An eight. Have you ever ran an 800 in a competitive track meet? That's heart. That measures heart. That's all. That race is all heart and stones. <laughs> 40 yard dash. They run like it looks like they run 10 feet. That's not even a real event. I don't know what to do with that. Yeah, but do you know how cool it is to see 380 pound offensive linemen run a five second 40? No. And I with linemen in certain positions, I agree, but. It's wide receivers cool. corners like i want to see you open it up let's see what you got i want a nice big 400 but nice balanced loop just flying I, I love watching that you would be the only one that could actually decipher what the times mean no 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 no. Be because over the course of 400 meters there's a chance for players to separate themselves you can visually see it that guy is a couple paces longer than that guy yeah but we're not playing soccer i know that's that's where this take starts to fall apart. I just want to watch a track meet is really what it comes down well, to. Well, Jonathan Taylor would probably win. Yeah, and how fun would it have been to watch Jonathan Taylor run a track? And then you could compare like, oh, the Olympian in this event ran this fast, and then we'd have a point of reference, or a Tyree Kill or a John Ross. You could see them, uh, again, maybe we should add a 100. Get rid of the 40. We have a 100, a 400, and an 800. And you get to pick one. Strut your stuff. Uh, I have seen Jonathan Taylor in a track meet. Um, it was cool. It's it? very impressive. It is the only time I've ever watched track. And I don't mean to disparage it. And no, it's fine. It's not it's a not track guy. It's not that fun to watch. I. It, but it's a take that every year I, I try to tweak. Ugh. I don't like the 40-yard dash. That's where it, when it starts. And I'm trying to get to the next step of the take. And I'm struggling. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to derail your uh, hand-measuring take. No, it's fine. I can help your take. Just make it about the combine as a whole. Because a lot of it doesn't actually matter. Like, there are guys that are drafted because they can jump high and everything. But then when you actually watch them play, they they don't add up to the guys that, you know, were great on the field and maybe didn't wow you. Are there baselines that everyone should be hitting? Yeah. But I don't like making this big deal. I oh, I don't know. It's like in – I don't want to say it's like in the MLB draft when someone throws, like, 98 and everyone loses their mind about it because yeah. there's a lot of more development there. But everyone loses their mind when someone runs a fast 40. So, yeah, but what do you do on the field? It's different. Some of the fastest players in the NFL aren't on the top 10 40 time list. Why? Because they are great players. And also, yeah. this also does always go back to the joke of uh, DK Metcalf 
literally had a slower three-cone shuttle drill than Tom Brady, um, mm -hmm. and that he can only run in straight lines. Well, Cooper Cup plays fast. He doesn't run fast, but he uh, plays fast. That's right? one of... And that's one of the great, great NFL sayings. Oh, he plays fast. We, we said that about Tyler Wall. So I, I watched with a couple of my guy friends on Tuesday night. And you know when you get a couple of guys together to watch sports, they'll just start saying things that don't even make sense. But, the, but they'll say it in a way like, the other night we're watching Tyler Wall give Zach Eady the work. And, I, and we're like, he's given up seven inches. And one of my friends was like, yeah, but he plays bigger than he is. And I'm like, you know, you're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. That doesn't mean anything. But that's what we kept saying. What, what I don't get about the combine, it's it's fine. It's a thing we should enjoy, and like we shouldn't get rid of it. What I don't get is there are scouts that watch these players for three years on the field, grinding tape, and then one week in Indy, they lift a couple of weights, and it's supposed to you know, change how we feel and think about everyone. That's what I get hung up on just a bit. Exactly. It should confirm. It should not change. Or it should not direct your opinion or how you see players. It should, it can confirm things. You're like, oh, yeah, he actually is really athletic, and he could run around a bunch of cones on a field and underwear fast. But it is what it is. But so hand size. There was a big thing about Kyler Murray a couple years ago who's obviously short, and as I have said with you, Grant, this is going months back. He's a little yeah. pouty when he's losing. Ben Kenny was first to this take on Kyler Murray. He, he's a little pouty when he's losing, and now... I mean, we saw the reports about the playoff game. He scrubbed his Instagram. Even I don't scrub my Instagram when I'm mad at somebody. Why would you? Like, That's what are we doing here? Thing to do. Yeah, but then the Cardinals scrubbed theirs, and I was like, ha good one. Good one, even though it took a oh, lot of God. effort. It's so dumb. It's so immature. Like, if you were questioning whether or not your quarterback was immature and had his priorities straight, and then he scrubbed his Instagram like an 11-year-old girl, like that would only further confirm that my quarterback is a little weird. Yes. Well, then you can go back and say, you know what? He had small hands, so we should have saw it coming. Because apparently you cannot be a first-round pick in the NFL if your hands are small. So We ignored the signs. They were there. Daniel Jeremiah, a great NFL analyst, NFL draft guy, he tweeted for NFL Network. He's tweeting out measurements. Garrett Wilson, 9 inches, 7 eighths. And I'm not going to go through all of them because they might bore you eventually. But Chris Olave, 9.5. That's a guy the Packers are interested in who I do like a lot. Kenny Pickett. Here we go. So it was said, I believe, at the Senior Bowl that he is double-jointed, which I don't know what it means because I don't think I'm double-jointed. But it means that he cannot reach his pinky and his thumb out as wide as other people can. And he plays football with two gloves on. People call him two gloves picket, which, like, I like him as a player. There are some interesting comparisons to Graham Mertz, but that could be the story of another day. <laughs> but he's not going to set the NFL on fire. If there's anybody in this class that will, it might be Malik Willis just because of how, how much potential he has. He's athletic as hell. He, could, he can make, I, I love this saying, oh, yeah, he can make every throw. What does that mean? I, I have no idea. I agree. I agree with you. Like with the combine, we just say things that don't make sense. But that's what's like, beautiful. Wall, he plays big. What, is, what the hell does that mean? Right. It, I don't know. He plays faster than he runs. Like Cooper Cup plays fast. The high motor thing I kind of get, but still it's a weird thing to say it. Oh, yeah. He has a super high motor. Whatever. Um, so he tries hard. Yeah, yeah, he's Brad Davison. So, uh, Kenny Pickett, his hands are eight and a half inches, which is astronomically small for quarterbacks. Let me look at what Kyler Murray's was. I, I probably should have done this before, but I'll do it now. Kyler Murray I hand Google size. On the air oh, Kyler Murray's the 
were nine and a half, which is, quote, (laughs) NFL personnel executives reportedly had major fears put to rest last year when Oklahoma's talented but diminutive, which is a very nice way of saying he's short, (laughs) Kyler Murray posted a, quote, solid hand size of nine and a half. It's solid. You can work with it. Oh, it was the Joe Burrow thing. Does Joe Burrow have small hands? Joe Burrow hand size, nine inches. How dare. The other quarterbacks that have nine-inch hands, Jared Goff, Ryan Tannehill. Now I want to know. So I don't know what the take Josh is there. Uh, he, he probably has gargantuan hands. Ten and an eighth. Whoa. 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 Those are some myths. Um, so, Grant, I'm going to do it now. I, I just want to see if I have bigger hands than Kenny Pickett. And I wish there was a way to broadcast this live on, on Twitter. You can see the video, but I'll take a picture and post it. I have, ooh, 8.51 or 8.52, that little dash. I, I have a ruler. That little dash right past 8.5. A little bit bigger than 8.5. I, I have bigger hands than Kenny Pickett. Well done. So does that mean I can be a second-round pick quarterback? Well, can you make all the throws? No. Um, do, you, do you have a high motor? I can't wait to see Jack Cohen's hand size. Is he a big dude? I don't know much about Jack Cohen. I'd have to defer to you here. Not overly. He probably is. Overly. I mean, he definitely has bigger hands than Kenny Pickett. Probably. Do you want to know how big my hands are? All right, I'm tweeting out this picture. Go. This is just great live radio. My hands are, I have a tape measure. They're eight and a half. From pinky to thumb. Eight and a half or 8.52? Clear distinction. They are smaller than yours. Is that what you want to hear? No. No, then Kenny Pickett. I, uh, I'm not oh. even important here. That's true. Yeah, eight, 8.5 basically on the nose. I I always use my small hands as an excuse for not being an awesome guitar player. Uh, I can only stretch so far. I see. I've never... I I was bad at instruments. I played the recorder in kindergarten because I was starting an instrument and I thought the recorder sounded cool. And then I started it and I was like, this is the lamest thing ever. <laughs> like I should have played the drums. Transfers to the saxophone or the clarinet, something bluesy. That's I wish idea. I could play. Oh, I, I, I love a good saxophone. Really? Yeah, there's some really good. There's this guy on YouTube I watch sometimes when, when my friends and I are hanging out. We play Settlers of Catan a lot. Big fan of that, that game. game. Um, I love that So we'll game. play that and and put on some music in the background, and it's always this guy, Jimmy Sachs, on, on YouTube, who just riffs. Really? It's awesome. So anyway, this is... Can I can I ask you, your social life consists of, which, by the way, I love this, hanging out with your guy friends, playing Catan, and watching YouTube videos? No. No. Well, it happens on occasion, right? If there's a... That sounds, that sounds incredible. That sounds amazing. Well, it I happens mean. on nights where there's no sports. Because otherwise, and you know what? I, I guess we could get in. Let's do that at 1230. At 1230, we're, we're finding summer plans if baseball doesn't happen. Coming up next, there is breaking baseball news. The sides are meeting. There are some demands the MLB wants. We're going to get our thoughts on it. Two people that, I, I'm putting that in my Twitter bio. Uh, two people that are very, uh, what's the word? We are, we have the authority to comment on this and what the MLB should do because we have bigger hands than Kenny Pickett. That's coming up next on the Bill Michael Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.